Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Inside Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area, based right in Pinconning. You can find us online at insightfolios.com. Got lots of good things to talk about on today's show. We're going to look at some of the common rules that people believe in their financial life, and we're going to see, are some of these rules outdated, especially as it relates to retirement planning? Also, we're going to specifically speak to baby boomers on today's show and what you really need to know about planning for retirement and much more all on the way today. So stay with us for all of that great conversation. Let's talk about rules. Oh, we've got to follow rules in the financial world. Oh, boy. Well, sometimes these rules actually aren't that effective and might just be outright outdated, no longer really needing to be uh, kind of planned for or taken into account. Just like maybe your iPhone gets old and needs replaced, or Kevin and I were talking before the show today about computers getting older and slower and that kind of thing. Um, That tends to happen as well. And so sometimes we need to replace things, and it kind of is the same in retirement planning. There are sometimes rules or ways of doing things that get obsolete, need to be updated or completely changed and swapped out. So we're going to walk through some standard financial and retirement planning rules that have been in place for a long time, Kevin. And I'll ask you, are these outdated or still useful? How's that sound? Okay. Sounds like fun. All right. Let's dive in. First one's pretty uh, pretty popular. It's the 4% rule. Mm-hmm. Used to be that Wall Street standard, right? Yep. So the 4% rule, actually, I know the person who invented it. His name is William Bengen. And what year do you think he came out with that? He's a financial advisor, by the way. Oh, man. I don't know. Well, if you knew him, we're probably talking like 1800s. So. <laughs> uh, no, I'll go with, uh, I don't know, the 70s, 80s? So 1994. Oh, 94. Okay, so it's not yeah. as low, old as I thought it would be. But what the rule states is, you know, you should be, if you have a good mix of stocks and bonds, you should be able to take 4% out each and every year and have a good chance of not running out of money. So I said a good chance. I didn't say, you know, that you're not gonna run out of money. But things have changed over the years. So, you know, let's just look at it from a different perspective here. I think it's an old rule and I think it needs to be updated because we're assuming that we can do it. So let's not assume anymore. Let's solve what we we can do. So let's assume, like I said, let's not assume anymore. Let's assume something here, Walter. Last year, the market was down around 20%. Okay. So this year, let's let's assume that it goes down 20%. So we're down 40% for two years in a row, and we're still withdrawing 4%. What do you think is going to happen with that chance of you not running out of money? Well, it probably took some serious hits with those big drops, I would imagine. Yeah. So you lost 40, right? Yeah. You have, you have to earn back you know, 85 90% to get back to where you were, that type of thing. So that 4% rule, I don't like it because you know, there's too many assumptions in there, too many guesses, too many you know, what ifs in there that they can get you. Instead of assuming that we can withdraw 4%, let's solve it. Let's find out which, which rate of return is going to have to be in order for you not to run out of money. And then let's look at investments to fit that criteria versus just assuming we can withdraw 4%. I think that's a better way to go into retirement planning with a solved 
or a, a known number versus an assumed number. So it's sort of like flipping it around. The, the rule used to be, all right, no matter who you are, you can kind of just use this rule of thumb. And you're right. saying we're really flipping it around and saying let's find out who you are and then develop your own 4% rule, which might be 2% for someone or might be 6% for another person. How do we then solve for that gap, for that, uh, for, for that particular number for you? Makes, wow, Walter. I could not have said that better. You've been listening for Ooh, a long time. All right. Yeah, yeah. Good, good job. Woohoo! All right, so uh, the first one we throw out, 4% rule. Don't bank on it anymore. Um, that's definitely when it's gotten outdated a little bit. It's like I'm learning something from you, Kevin. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, what about the 10-5-3 rule? I don't know if I remember this one uh, being talked about before. What is that? Well, I think we've touched on it a long time ago, but the okay. 10-5-3 rule says over time, You can expect a 10% return from stocks, a 5% return from bonds, and a 3% return from cash. Mm. Now, and I just said that the 10% return from stocks sounds still about appropriate to me. How about you? Yeah, we're talking long term, right? Yeah, long term. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. In fact, if we look back the last 10 years, I think the the stock market returned somewhere around um, 12%. So yep. that's that's pretty it. Despite all the craziness that we've been through, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ten, yeah. Ten, ten. I was just making uh, some helping Connie make some elections for her. So she just started her new job, Kevin, and mm-hmm. she's got a 403B and like a 457 plan. And so we were talking about contributions and then selecting the investments in there that it's going to go into and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was funny because I was looking at all of the investment options and, you know, they show you the breakdown of the one year return, the three or five year return and the 10 year return. And you're right. A whole bunch of them had 10 year returns of right around that 10 percent mark. So, yeah. So over over time, it seems to work. Now, let's look at the 5 percent return from bonds. So do you think that's accurate in the last 10 years? Ooh, I don't know. Less perspective there. But certainly here I've heard a lot of negativity about bonds, it seems like, over the last few years. Why did why did you hear the negativity? What, well, like, what's, hap- it, what's happening? They're related to those interest rates, right? right and with those right. going up now, that's causing concern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So during the '80s, during the '90s, during the 2000s, interest rates are historically low, so the bonds did pretty good. But if we look back the last 10 years, now I'm going from memory like this. I don't think they returned five. I think they're more in a three percent range, especially these last couple of years because interest rates have been rising. So in a you know in a declining interest rate environment, the bonds are going to do better. In a rising interest rate environment, they're going to do worse. So I think that we're going to be in for a little you know tumble there for the next maybe next year, maybe the next two years because we know that the Fed has been raising rates to stop the inflation or try to stop the inflation going forward. So we know going in that those bonds are going to be more volatile than, say, 10 10 years ago. Now, on a 3% return for cash, until the last six, eight months, when's the last time you've seen 3% return for cash? Yeah, it's been quite a while, right? It's been 10 years, I think, since I've been able to say. So for example, now you can get just plain Jane fixed annuities about 5%, maybe a little bit higher than 5%, guaranteed for five years. I haven't been able to say that in probably 10 years. And I'm going back in memory there. So cash, if you look at your bank accounts, it was virtually nothing, one-tenth of one percent, maybe for a while. So that, you know, over over time, I don't think we can rely on that 3% return for cash. So what are we getting at here? Well, the 10-5-3 rules change, just like everything else. So that means your allocation should probably have to change. That means we have to look at forecasting. You know, are we going to raise continue raising rates? Do we stay in the particular bonds? 
all those things come into play. And now cash is picking up the slack for bonds because the cash is going up. We heard about, you know, all the money that's fleeing, you know, the banks. And part of that reason is because people can get higher returns on cash now than they could on you know, long-term treasuries. So those rules are going to change, you know, when you go into retirement. They're just going to change. Think of these rules as your favorite uh, football team. Walter, who's your favorite football team? Oh, I, I don't really have one, I guess, but um, I just like the sport. But Sport? Okay. Yeah. Well, the players change year in, year out, right? I mean, I, I, I guess since you're in Michigan, I should say the Lions, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> hey, we did pretty good the last half. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I like the new coach. I mean, yeah, I think they're yeah. they're going to be an entertaining yeah. team. So I'll say the Lions. Here we go. I'll, I'll suck up Lions. <laughs> well, <laughs> the rules are changing over there all the time for the players. And, yeah, you know, coming. So the, th- the same thing going into retirement. The rules do not stay. You know, the same. The rules are going to change. Interest rates are going to change. Markets are going to change. You have to adapt to it. That's all. Okay, very good. So that's the ten five three rule. So it's it's a little there's some there's some accuracy there, but it's a little too stiff. It sounds like to to it, really rely on. Yeah, I think the you know the the overtime for the market is pretty accurate, but the bonds and the cash are suspect of what interest rates are going to be mm-hmm. doing. So yeah, too volatile to make it like a oh yeah, this is definitely a thing to count on. Okay. Right. All right. Another outdated rule. By the way, we're talking about outdated rules. Are you basing your financial plan on any of these rules? That's a good question to ask yourself as we go through the show today. If you've got any questions for Kevin as we walk through this, you can reach out by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526 or go online to insightfolios.com. Another outdated rule would be moving from stocks to bonds as you get older was uh, that's something I've always heard that you should do in retirement planning. So is that still effective today, or do we throw that in the outdated rule category? Well, like we, you know, like we just mentioned, Walter, in the 80s and 90s, that made more sense. We have all of these funds out there, that, you know, the lifestyle funds, the 2025, the 2030, the 2035 fund, meaning that as you get closer to those dates, what they're going to do is they're going to pull some pull back from stocks and go into bonds. But let's just look at last year when the Fed really raised the rates. You know, if you're in a long-term bond, you you may have lost 20%. So again, that rule depends on what environment we're in, whether it makes sense or not. It's just not that simple if if we just, you know, stick to it. It's it's not. So if we know interest rates are going to continue to rise for the next year, our bonds may not be the place to be. It may be more in cash. So you have to, again, you have to adopt you have to look what's going on in the investment investing environment out there and play by those current rules that we're doing, not by the past rules. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure, because it's something I bet you ask anybody who's starting to prepare for retirement, and that might be one that's in the back of their minds. So a little bit of unlearning has to happen with some of these rules, it sounds like. Uh, another big one here, Kevin, get to the point of having a million dollars in your retirement account, and you're pretty much ready for retirement it's that it's that easy number to just have in mind to shoot for it's nice and round and and also just how how could you not be ready for retirement if you amass a million dollars what's the well, word on this one exactly what where, where does that million come from i i think it's just an easy number to grab to, right to it's, me like it's just it's round it's easy you know it's like that's what wall street set the goal for everybody right, right. you me my neighbor your neighbor and it's not; it doesn't work that way. So let me let me give you an example. We had a couple came in here, um, or come in here. Eh, I want to say two, three months ago, and his pension was well over a hundred thousand dollars. It was like a hundred and ten thousand dollars per year. Oh, just pension. from the pension! Wow, just from cool. the pension. Does does he? Now let's look at his neighbor. Let's assume his neighbor has no pension. Do do they both need exactly a million? 
Um, no, that's the no. whole point, right? That's the whole point. They're right? different people. Yeah. So depending on what your Social Security, your pensions, and those types of things are, maybe you only need 250000 Maybe you need a half a million. Maybe you need $4 million. We don't know. That's why these plans that we build, the Simplicity plans, are individual because everybody is different. No, There's no two people like when they come into my office and over my 31 years or going on 32 years doing this. It just doesn't happen. So everybody's different. The million sounds nice, feels nice, makes your emotions happy, right, because you hit the million-dollar mark. But you may be different. You may have this big pension that some other person doesn't have. You may have two pensions where your neighbor doesn't have any. It depends. It all depends. But I will give you this. The goal of getting to a million is a nice goal to get. And if a lot of people can get there, that makes them happy. So there's nothing wrong with shooting for the million. But you're, you know, saying that this is one thing that fits all just doesn't make sense. So. Yeah, great points, Kevin, there for sure. And I think that's why we got to bring these outdated rules up on the show. Again, if you believe or plan with some of these rules in mind, might be time to come in for a review and see where some extra deficiencies might be popping up in that plan and how you can get it corrected. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call to reach Kevin. He's your local advisor in the Tri-City area based in Pinconning, born and raised, in fact. 888-885-PLAN plan. All right, last but not least, Kevin, one more rule to see if this is outdated as well. We're four for four so far, it sounds like. Uh, You'll need less income in retirement than you needed while you were working. This is definitely a rule or an assumption that's very popular. It is, and this is a maybe, depending on how active you're going to be in retirement. Um, So, Walter, if if you were, let's age you up to 60 years old today and you're going to retire what's the one or two things that you want to do this just became a very depressing day all right i I missed missed, missed a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) what's the one or two things today that you enjoy that you think you'll do when you retire Mm, uh travel travel right and um i don't know maybe can i still be snowboarding and things like that when i'm 60 sure you can Yeah. yeah okay so all of those things, travel especially, right, is yeah. going to be costly. Oh, and, and I want to go to more like hot De- New Jersey Devils hockey games when when as I get older too. So you want to travel, and, to, and that'd be more travel and going yeah. to sporting events. Yeah. yeah. So I have a client right now that every year their boy he takes his boys and they go to four sporting events a year across the country. Nice, that's cool. And or his grandsons, I should say. So that you know those things are going to be expensive. But then I have other clients who eh, they're just happy, you know, staying at home, you know, taking a vacation here or there, and and putzing around home. It depends on who you are. But the most important takeaway here is if you are going to be a big traveler, you are going to do things that you know that you've been waiting to do because now you're retired. You need to plan for them. We need to put that into your plan because if it's going to take extra income for the first 10 years, we need to we need to plan for that. We need to figure out how we're going to get the income. And more importantly, we need to show you and empower you so you can go into retirement feeling that you're doing the right thing and that, you, you know, enjoy your retirement versus worrying about what's going on in the investment side. Okay, very good. So there you have it, some uh, outdated rules and assumptions in the financial and retirement planning worlds. Again, if you need some help figuring out a better way to plan than building your future off of an outdated rule, that's where Kevin comes into play. Always keeping up with the latest and greatest, but combining it with tried and proven planning strategies. And so if you'd like to have that conversation and go through a complimentary financial review, just reach out to Kevin by calling 888 888- 
885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. You can get on the calendar, come in, have a conversation, or just start the conversation over the phone or on Zoom, however you are comfortable. But the big important part is just starting that conversation. That's honestly the hardest part for a lot of people. The actual planning process is pretty painless. So reach out, 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. More to come on today's show. Are you a baby boomer? Well, you won't want to miss the next segment of today's show. So come back and join us right here on Simply Financial. After a while, all that financial noise seems to run together. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone. It's time for a fresh perspective. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Baby boomers, we're talking all about you on this next segment of the program. So uh, listen up closely. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Ray. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area. If you've got questions, go to insightfolios.com. Click the listen button. You can ask questions, listen to past episodes of the show, get your own Simplicity Express financial plan, and so much more. Lots of great resources there on the website. That's insightfolios.com. And you can always email Kevin. It's kevin at insightfolios.com. That's the email address. All right, Kevin, we wanted to talk about baby boomers for this next couple of minutes on the show today, in particular because they're the ones that are recently retired or about to approach retirement. And so their planning is just that much more important right now. They don't have time on their side anymore to recover from mistakes and things like that. So we were just going to really highlight them, uplift them, and focus on them for a few minutes here. All right, so just out of curiosity, what's the percentage of your client base, Kevin, that are in this baby boomer generation? Hmm. You know, I've never really sat down and figured it out, but if I had to guess, I'd probably say 70%. Pretty high level. Pretty, pretty high level, yeah. So Because, you know, I'm a baby boomer. And I'm thinking of people around my age. Yeah, I would say 65, 70%. You know, I do have some young people too that are, you know, 18, 19 years old that, you know, grandparents and parents have sent my way, but the majority of them, baby boomers. And probably a few older folks that are uh, outside of the baby boomer generation, right? Since you've been in the business for so long. I do. I have several. We just looked at this last week. I think I have five in their mid 90s right now. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. And, uh, and I won't mention his name, but he's a pure optimist, Walter, because he just got engaged. Wow, how about that? Yes, that's yes, pretty cool. Yes, that's really cool. So they would be in the uh, the post-war generation or yeah. the World War II generation, depending on where they fall into those yep. brackets. Mid-90s is like the split for those two right now, so pretty cool. All right, but again, we're focusing on the baby boomers, so we'll get back, get back to those. It seems that there are probably, you can attest to this, Kevin, as a baby boomer yourself and then one who helps people plan all the time, what about the financial challenges that face baby boomers compared to those previous generations, those post-war and those World War II generations? Do they have a unique set of challenges that they're uh, kind of having to navigate in their retirement years right now versus that previous gen? Well, yeah, one that sticks out is, you know, this generation or the baby boomer generations typically living longer than their parents, you know, on, on average. Would you say that? Uh, much longer, right? Yeah, m- I mean, I, I know you've got a few clients who are in their mid nineties, proving yeah. disproving that it seems. Right. But on the grand scheme of things, yeah, uh, age ranges and life expectancies highly increased. Yep. So when we look at that, we have to plan for more income for a longer lifespan than say 
you know, the baby boomers' parents because maybe the baby boomers' parents' average average lifespan was maybe early 70s. I, I, I don't know. I'm not looking at that. But so we have to plan for more income in more years. The other thing that if we look at the baby boomers' parents, which would be my great-grandmother, is that if you had a long-term care, what happened usually back then, Walter? Somebody had, you know, they had a stroke or they had something like that that needed some long-term care. Yeah, you'd go into long-term care for two, three months, and then, you know, probably that would be end of life at that point. Well, in in my great-grandmother's generation, their kids took care of them. Oh, 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 I understand. Okay, yeah. They went went into the hospital maybe, and then they came out, and then they went home with the kids. We didn't have a long-term care facility on every corner. No, but now, you know, like you said, every quarter. So we have to plan for that. Not only do we have to plan for that, you know, the typical long-term care cost around here, around Saginaw Bay City Midland, is about ninety grand a year. Mm. So, you know, we, you know, long-term care is coming down, and pensions. A lot of, you know, the baby boomers, a lot of them have pensions, but their their parents don't. So that, you know, you're living longer, so maybe that decreases the amount of money that we have to plan for, you have to save for, because you have pensions in place. So those are three things that stick out to me. You know, longevity. We're living longer. Long-term care is more prevalent now because we're living longer and then the pensions you know um, are going to help out somewhere on the back side of it for planning purposes and if you don't have a pension that's just something else that we got to deal with mm. yeah that's a great point kevin so do you find that there are some specific fears or concerns that baby boomers have that that pop up over and over again yes and let's think about today how many you know if you go on to the u.s debt clock which a lot of people have come into my office. I got to say, probably 10 people in the last couple of months, they're worried about running out of Social Security. Why are they worrying that, you know, Social Security is going to stop? Well, debt is just out of control. It's skyrocketing. Yeah. Trillions, yeah. trillions and trillions just piling on top. And on your Social Security statement, it used to say by the year 2033, there's a, there's not enough to pay out 100% of the benefits. And they took that off the last time I, I looked, I couldn't find it. So we're being told that ahead of time. So most, you know, a lot of people coming in, they're worried, and my Social Security, is it still going to be there? And I say, yes, may not be 100%, but, you know, there's enough to pay out roughly 70 or 80% uh, in, the, in that year they're projecting it to not enough money coming in to what's, what's going out. The other thing is running out of money. People are, like I said earlier, we're living longer, and that's always on everybody's mind. I would say the majority of people are worried about running out of money. And if that's you, this is where, you know, we, we talk about solving so you don't run out of money versus assuming. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about risk has nothing to do, in my opinion, of planning because prior to the pandemic, you felt one way. After the pandemic, you felt another way. Last year, the market on whole was down. You probably felt different in January than you did in December. So running out of money is a critical point that most people come in. That's what their number one thing is they want to take control and they want to make sure that, you know, their income is going to last throughout their entire lifetime. And this one is brand new that there's some, you know, um, what do you call it? Rumors? What's the urban legends going on out there? Yeah. Yeah, that the government is going to come in and they're going to just take your 401k and they're going to take your IRAs, your 403bs and they're going to start paying off debt and they're going to pay down, you know, pay you a monthly income on that. I've heard that, Walter. I can't tell you how many times in the last month. Um, there's something going out there I haven't read, but that's that's coming around. So those concerns are 
the top three concerns that when people come into my office, we sit mm. down and, and what they're what they're talking about right now because it's what's leading the headlines out there. So you know, it used to be different. It used to be, you know, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? Now it's no. Social Security, am I going to have enough? I'm running out of money, and then government's going to take control of all my four hundred one k's, all my all my four hundred three b's, and those types of things. We're going to keep talking about baby boomers, but I know sometimes, Kevin, people listen to the radio show, they, they're out and about, they pull back into their driveway, and then they're listening, sitting in the driveway for a couple of extra minutes, and they need to get back inside and get on with their day, um, or they're, they're hanging on for a couple of extra minutes while we finish the conversation. So just want to give permission to those folks that are in their driveways right now trying to hang on and listen. Uh, if you need to pop back inside, but you want to learn more about baby boomers and how you can specifically plan for retirement, you can call Kevin. You can actually dial it right now before you head back inside uh, leave him a quick voicemail because you'll probably get the voicemail uh, but leave a quick voicemail with your contact info and Kevin and Stacy in the office will follow up with you to set up a time to chat and get into the specifics of your plan 888-885-PLAN is the number 888-885-7526 okay 888-885-PLAN or go online if you want to uh, go inside go online later insightfolios.com is the website. All right, you folks, you can go back inside, get on with your day if you need to. <laughs> uh, everybody else who's still driving around, we're going to keep talking about baby boomers for a few more minutes here. So in general, Kevin, let's talk mistakes that baby boomers tend to make. Because I'm sure, again, with the volume of baby boomers that are retiring these days that you're meeting with, you're probably seeing a lot of the same mistakes over and over. And we want people to be able to avoid those and learn from the mistakes of others. So uh, what, what in general are some of the mistakes that you're seeing baby boomers make in retirement? A couple that come to mind is they don't have a firm grasp on expenses. So what's the most important part, Walter, do you think when we sit down and we put a retirement plan together? What's number one? What's king? Well, the, the well, uh, oh, I was going to say something else, but then you said king, and it made me think cash. But yeah, income, right? Yeah, income. Yeah. Money coming in and understanding the money going out. Yep. So let me give you an example. We had a couple come in probably a couple of weeks ago. And I said, how much in retirement income do you anticipate you're going to need when you retire? And they were going to retire at 62. And they told me $24,000 a year. And I thought that was pretty small. And I said, where'd you come up with that number? They said, ah, we just kind of roundabout in our head, hmm. uh, came up with that number. So in our office, we have an expense sheet. So we'll give that to you. And we'll say at the end of the month, at the beginning of the month, either one, you start writing down all the bills that you pay. So this person thought 24000 What do you think their have-tos? Now, when I say their have-tos, I mean you have to pay your consumer's bill, you have to pay your car insurance, your phone bill, all those things. On a yearly basis, it was closer to $3,000 per month, not $2,000 oh. per month. And that wasn't including any fun things. And that piles up quickly. Well, if you if you go into retirement thinking you need $24,000 a year of income, and all of a sudden you need $36,000, you're, you you may get in trouble and run out of money somewhere down the road because that's an additional twelve thousand you didn't have to plan for. So let's get a firm grasp on what your your have tos are, and then you know the bucket list items that you want to do, and let's plan for those things. Let's not, let's not assume on that. Uh, Long term care we talked about that too. If you're going along when you retire, you know maybe you're retiring, you're 60, we're pretty bulletproof then, 70s come along, we slow down a little bit, and then 80s come along and a lot of people are starting to think, what happens if I go to a nursing home? You can plan for that in your 50s and 60s, so if that happens, you're prepared. Not understanding how your income's gonna be 
produced in retirement. Let's just not assume the 4% rule. Let's figure it out. Let's solve for it. Let's sit down and let's take inflation and all those other types of things and let's see how much income you need and let's come up with how we're going to make sure you don't run out of money and have a really good chance of going into retirement and through retirement and leaving some maybe for your kids and legacy planning. And last but not least, this is a big one. You have to have purpose going into retirement. What are you going to do? You've just freed up 40, 50 hours per week. What are you going to do with those 40, 50 hours per week? And some people, you know, they have their purpose already in mind. They're going to volunteer in church. They're going to go on trips, whatever it is. But if you don't have purpose, and I can tell you this from my 30-some years of practice here, you're going to be miserable. So figure out what that purpose is. Figure out if you're married, figure out what your and your spouse's purpose is going to be and make plans for that. So we have to plan for that purpose also into your retirement plan because that's going to take income. So those are three or four things that I see people coming in and just taking, I don't want to say they're making mistakes, but they're taking for granted that those things will naturally come to play. And they're not. We have to extract that out of most people and they come in and we start the planning process and we're going to we're going to plan for that. Well, Kevin, we need to, uh, to to wrap up this segment here in a moment. So last question for you about baby boomers for now. In your opinion, what are the top three things? Let's just make it easy. Some top three takeaways or top three things that baby boomers should do or should make sure are a part of their plan to make sure that they've addressed what they need to do address in retirement. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty simple. Number one okay. is inflation. Okay. We're seeing it right now. You know, if you go to the grocery store, you know, um, what's a Yogi Bear? What do you used to say? A buck doesn't buy a buck. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Right? Uh, yeah, nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. Yeah, nickel ain't worth yeah. a dime anymore. Yeah. So inflation, you have to plan for that. If you're going into retirement and you're 60 years old, you probably got 30 plus years to go, and inflation's going to creep up and, and overtake you. So we need to plan for that. Longevity. You know, like we said, your parents may, you know, your longevity is probably far superior to what your your parents were. So we have to plan for more years, more income, those types of things. And then solving your needs versus assuming your needs. So let's solve. Let's come up with a retirement number, your retirement rate that I call it, to get you to and through retirement so you don't run out of money. So we don't want to assume that you can assume a, a risk of on a scale of 1 to 10, 7, then somebody's going to build your portfolio with more stocks and bonds and it keeps it, and they keep it that way for years. That's not the way to solve it. Let's solve. What do you need? What rate of return do you need to earn on your portfolio going forward. Let's look at your social security, your pensions, and then let's look at the shortfall. And what rate of return do we need to fill that shortfall to get you to and through retirement? And once we figure that out, then we can talk about investments that will fill that shortfall and that, that, that will fill that retirement income need that we talk about. So those are the top three things that every day when you come into my office, those are the three things that are gonna, you know, take over the conversation and we need to plan for it. We cannot go in down that retirement planning path without planning for those three things because those things are prevalent and they're going to be there for the rest of your life. All right. Again, the number to call if you've got questions for Kevin about how to best prepare for retirement and you're a baby boomer and you want to get on the right track, Kevin can help in all those areas. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. Make sure that you're planning properly for your retirement future, that you're addressing some of the shortfalls that might be existing in your retirement plan right now. How can you get on the right track? Stay there all the way through your retirement years as well. Tap into the 
three decades of experience that Kevin brings to the table, helping folks all throughout the Tri-City area plan for their retirement futures. Based right in Pinconning, come in, say hello, have a conversation, or meet via Zoom or on the phone for the first time if that's more comfortable. Just pick up the phone and dial 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin, thanks for all the help on the show today so far. I know we've got a little bit more to go after this, but a great conversation about baby boomers to uh, keep us rolling here today. More around the corner, folks. Stay tuned. This is Simply Financial. It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. And it's a fun, easy question for you today, Kevin. Uh, We're talking about cursive writing. How well... Can you write in cursive? Well, let me put it to you this way, Walter. I haven't uh, done anything other than print for years. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I can't my, remember the last time I uh, really wrote something in cursive. Yes. And Mrs. Potter, if you're listening out there, I know you're it's curling your ears because you were so you know, passionate about me writing cursive way back when. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't know when it happened, Walter. I stopped doing it and I started printing just because you couldn't read my people are having trouble reading what I was for reading. Sure, so, yeah, yeah, that's how it happened to all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you? Uh, how much of this do you do? I so the last time I wrote in cursive was when we bought the house and had to sign my middle name, and I never signed my middle name, so I had to kind of resort back to just regular cursive for my middle name, and I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I forgot how to do the capital R and the N. I couldn't remember what that really looked like, so it it was pretty ugly looking. Um, That's the last time I had to write in cursive. Before then, I, I remember in school having to write cursive during a test, and there was some like end of year test. Maybe it was the AP exams. I can't quite remember. But I remember there was a test where we had to basically like sign a pledge as part of the test saying like, I did not cheat on this test. I didn't use any outside sources. This is all I didn't copy off of anybody. You know, there's some like loyalty or integrity pledge that you had to take on these tests. Mm-hmm. And you had to write it all out in cursive. But it was in this little box. And I'm like, I have enormous handwriting to begin with. And then when we come to cursive, it gets even bigger. So it's like I couldn't fit it in the box. Everybody in the entire classroom in the serious exam was laughing because we couldn't fill out, you know, the, the cursive in this space allotted. And none of us could remember how to write in cursive. So. So that's my best cursive memory. Well, you know, I have a client, uh, her name is Betty, and she has the most beautiful handwriting. You know how when you look in the 1700s, they did the big scrolls and, you know, the big cursive there? Sure, she's, yeah. She, I, I think she's from the 1700s because she sends me birthday <laughs> don't, cards. Don't she's, tell her that. Well, no, I, I think she learned. <laughs> I, I don't mean she's from the 1700s, but I think she took a class to how to do that back then. Calligraphy, that, that's what I'm talking about, isn't it? But um, I'm just picturing you tell yeah. you, you're from the 1700s, yeah. aren't you? Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Yeah. She sends Lynette and I a, a Christmas card and an Easter card and me a birthday oh, card great. and and Lynette will get it and she'll say that's from Betty. We know because that beautiful tell, handwriting. Yeah, tell, it's just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, sorry Betty, if you hear that, I don't mean you're from the 1700s. So. I I had a third grade teacher. You you were mentioning your teacher, Mrs. Phelps, was my teacher in third grade, and I'll never forget she she was older and couldn't see very well, and my handwriting is notoriously terrible. And she finally gave up halfway through the year and said, and talked to my parents and said, 
I've given up trying to improve his handwriting. Just have him type everything or else I'm going to just start failing all of his papers because I can't read them. They're probably <laughs> great. He's a good student, but I can't read them, so I'm just going to fail them. So just teach him how to type. So it was cool. I got to learn how to type kind of at a you know good early age, and I think it actually ended up helping me in the grand scheme of things to be able to transition to that faster. So that was good. I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story too. Yesterday I was over at my dad's and I said, hey, dad, I need you to uh, sign this. We're moving some investments around. He goes, do I need to sign it so people can read it? And I said, that'd be nice. So he signed it where people could read it. He thought, and I said, I can't even read that. <laughs> so the curse of writing is maybe it's genetic is what I'm getting at. Oh, so. yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. I love it. So amazing how people, some people have uh, good handwriting and others it's awful. I'm, yes. I'm in the awful category. So. Yeah. I think yep. it's a sign of brilliance, though, Kevin. Terrible handwriting, right? I think so, because I don't think uh, Albert Einstein had such good yeah, handwriting. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. we're going we're gonna to stick with that. I, I think that's a good uh, thing to stick to. There you go. I like it. Well, there you have it. Cursive brings back some good memories, talking about that for sure. Uh, we'll get back to talking about finances and answering some of your questions coming up as we wrap up Simply Financial today. But don't go anywhere. Still some more good information around the corner. Stay tuned. For all the latest news and information you need to retire successfully, visit InsightFolios.com. That's InsightFolios.com. Well, we're so glad that you've joined us today on Simply Financial. Walter Storholt here alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios. And before we wrap up for the week, we want to answer at least one of our listener questions that are on the docket today. We're going to get this one in from Tommy. If you want to submit a question to be featured on a future show, by the way, you can do that. Kevin at InsightFolios.com is the email address. Kevin at InsightFolios.com. All right, so Tommy says, Kevin, I'm hoping to retire in about two years when I turn 57. Ooh, we've got an early retiree. My wife doesn't think it's feasible, but I think it can be done. What do I need to consider before retiring at a relatively young age? Well, Tommy, that's exactly what we talked about most of the show today. Would you agree, Walter? Yeah, well, the the baby boomers style and and how to fill in those gaps, I imagine just for somebody younger, it's just even more important to solve those gaps. Well, it is. Uh, Tommy, so you you hit it on the head. If you retire at 57, we got to plan longer for income versus 65. You know, we have to just plan longer for income. We have to plan for inflation for that longer time frame. And more importantly, we need to know what's your social security benefit going to be? Which, if you have a pension, what's your spouse's social security benefits going to be? Does she have a pension? Are you have rental incomes? What is going to, what are you going to do to fill that shortfall? Now, most people come in my office have a shortfall. What is a shortfall? You have $3,000 a month coming in, but you need 5000 That 2000 is your shortfall. How much money have you saved and how are you going to turn that money that you saved into income? And in your case, Tommy, for maybe 30 30, 35 years going forward and accounting with inflation. So that's the, that's the thing that you need to be considering. How am I going to fill my shortfall? Do not, and I'm going to repeat this, do not go into retirement without figuring out how you're going to f- fix that shortfall because that's the problem you have looking at you right now. You're going to have a shortfall. What's it going to take? What sort of investments? How's the inflation going to impact it? What if you have long-term care need down the road? All of those things are going to come into play and you're young enough now. You have two years before you want to retire. Let's sit down. Let's figure all this out. Let's put all 
those are life events into your into your plan. Let's figure out how much your shortfall is going to be because in some cases, I'm betting it's going to be five hundred thousand to a million dollars that you have to plan for that people don't think about it because of the longevity. Tommy, give me a call. I'd love to sit down and go through with that because that's what I do. This is what fires me up every day in the office. That I like to help people figure this out before they get into retirement. And then we have a good solid plan. You have two years to go, so you can come back every three, six months. We update your plan as you get closer, and then you get more and more excited. And then finally, you get to go into retirement with the confidence you've been looking for. So don't procrastinate. Pick up the phone. I'd, be, I'd love to help you in this. And um, and I'll also help your wife, I think, calm the fears once you both come in and you sit down and you see how it works. Okay, very good. Great question, Tommy. Thanks for sending that one in. And again, here is your way to get in touch with Kevin Ray and expand on this conversation and customize it to your individual needs and get that retirement plan in place that's going to get you all the way to that important date, uh, but also all the way through it. That's what's really important, especially for somebody like you, Tommy, who's still a few years away from the traditional retirement date. Just that much more important to get the planning right and correct and uh, really dialed in. So pick up the phone, give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. You can get on the right track to get to and through retirement by having that conversation. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. And always online at insightfolios.com. Kevin, that'll wrap things up for us this week. Thanks for all your help and guidance. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. We'll talk to you next week, Walter. It sounds good. That's Kevin Ray and Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.